This is a podcast of two type A girls working hard to untangle the BS stories and expectations related to this illusion of perfection. Life is hard enough without adding pressure to be more, do more, be the best. It's an ever moving target. And so, in an attempt to inch closer to our authentic selves, the vulnerable, messy, and uniquely beautiful, we have decided to push back. Bit by bit, we are untangling society's demands of us, sinking in to our own intuition. If something makes us feel more alive, we're doing more of that. If something drains us, we're gonna practice removing ourselves. This is a journey we hope you'll join us on. Together, we will explore insights, tips, and tricks, all in an attempt to help you uncover your truest, most authentic self. All right, we're here. We're doing it again. I think this topic is going to be good because both of us kind of recently have returned from trips where we're doing a lot of this topic. So today we're going to delve into self-care and what the hell is it and are we good at it and what could we use some work on personally but maybe culturally and societally and all of that. So such a hot topic. And I think it's funny because when you first suggested we cover this, I was like, well, I'm not very good at that, so I don't want to do it. And you so called me out by being like, isn't that one of your values? (laughs) So that made me really dig deep this past week and kind of explore my relationship with it and my thoughts and all of that. Yeah, I think that's so interesting when we talk about how important values are and not just knowing what they are, but also living Mm -hmm. them. And I think in the values episode, we did talk about that, like, just because it's a value doesn't mean we're necessarily good at them. It just means that we find them important. And so I think it is good to delve deep into those things that are important to us, but we may not be acting on every day. So exactly, this is a good opportunity to do that. Yeah, because I 110% think self-care is important and it's something I desire to do, but I'm not great at it. And so, yeah, I think it just really supports everything we talked about in the values episode. So as always, we here's where we start always is what's our definition of self-care? Because I think that kind of sets the stage for the conversation and where we're coming from. So do you got one for us? So I don't have one written out whatsoever, <gasps> which is funny because I'm always the one that says, how do we define this? Um, off the top of my head. This is probably isn't going to be very pretty. I would say self-care is being able to meet our basic needs so that we can show up in life, yada, yada. I don't really know how to finish that sentence because I want to say, like, show up our best, but I don't really think that's realistic. Um, But something along the lines of, like, meeting our basic needs so that we can live everyday life. Okay. I definitely have thoughts on that. Um, I don't know. Should I say mine or yes. just comment on yours? Okay. <laughs> and by mine, I mean it's not mine. I looked it up and there's a million definitions. So I kind of pulled two-ish that was reflective of what my thoughts were. Um, so the first one is self-care is the practice of taking an active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness. Okay. And then the second one was self-care is taking the time to do things that help you live well and improve both your physical and mental health. I like both of those. 
I love the idea of like it's a practice of taking a role. Um, Active. It I like that as well. It doesn't take just happen. practice. Yes. Like it takes practice and it requires some action from us. Um, and then I like the idea of just like living well because that can kind of touch on so many aspects of our life. And so when you had said meeting our basic needs, I think that's a good start. That's where we need to start when we talk about self-care is make sure that we're taking care of those basic needs. I have that written down in another tangent of my notes. Um, but I was finding that the more I reflected, um, I stumbled upon this thing that said that there's seven, and I'm not going to remember them all, but seven like tenants okay. of self-care. And so it broke it down a little bit further. And I think basic needs kind of trickle into all these, but that's not where it stops. So it's saying that in self-care, we take care of these different aspects of ourselves. So like our physical well-being, mm-hmm. our mental well-being, spiritual, emotional, I don't know the rest. So um, I definitely only got to four, not seven. But in theory, it's talking about how there's all these different pieces of us. And so if we simply leave it at meeting our basic needs, we might not be getting to the depths of mm-hmm. ourselves. Um, but again, it's not just physical or mental either. Like we have emotional needs and have spiritual needs and things like that. And so acknowledging, right, that how we meet those different parts of ourselves and um, the different areas of our well-being may and likely do require different actions to practice. Yeah. I don't think, well, maybe I have mentioned this, but like my career role is in public health. And what you're referring to is the like seven dimensions of wellness. Um, And I don't want to like go off on a tangent here. So we need to stay on course. But I'd like to get to this later that I think in line with those seven dimensions of wellness comes to this idea that I personally don't think that we alone are responsible for our own self-care. Oh, elaborate. Well, we, do you want to dig into it later or do you want to talk? I don't know. You you guide it. Let's I have it, it on my notes, so we'll we'll tie back to it later on. Okay. Um, I really love your definitions. I think it not only is meeting your basic needs, but living into that full potential of what your wellness and like best life can look like. So that's cool. Yeah. And I like that it wasn't just well-being, but it literally mentions happiness. I think sometimes happiness is talked about as like this, I don't know, not even gold standard. Cause I think sometimes the idea of happiness is like minimized. Like that's not something important to strive for or only certain people get that. Or if you're striving for happiness, you're not being realistic or I don't know but I like what is the point of living if we're not happy Mm -hmm. and so acknowledging no we're not gonna be that happy go lucky unicorns rainbows whatever every day like that's not necessarily what we're striving for but I think it is totally appropriate and a good goal right that we're not living every day miserable so I think that idea of like well-being but also that happiness needs to be acknowledged yeah, I say this every episode, but it's that whole idea that we are sold this idea of happiness, kind of like in this la-la ideal world. But again, as we say every episode, like what happiness looks like for me is very different than what it looks like for you or anywhere, anyone else. Yeah, I think this all comes back to, and what I would love to do is like get into how we do this, but 
It's the whole idea that we have to treat ourselves like someone that we're responsible of taking care of. Like we take on, I'm responsible for taking care of my dog. I'm responsible for taking care of my two kids or my certain relationships. Like I play a role, an active responsible role to contribute in X, Y, Z ways or for my employees or whatever, right? And almost never do we list ourselves as someone we're responsible for. Like it is not your job to take care of me. We make it our job to take care of other people and we play a role in their well-being, certainly. But we're so quick to assume all responsibility for other people's well-being and basic needs and their happiness and all of that. And so often we are the last people we put on our list to take care of. I was just about to say, where do we fall in that line? And I also wrote that down in my notes. It's so incredibly cliche, but it's true that we need to be treating ourselves how we would treat a child or our best friend. And I know I'm not great at that. I know. I think the whole, another cliche, I was like, gosh, darn it. But it is true is like, you can't pour from an empty cup, right? So like, we're so quick to take care of other people and we're doing that all the time. And we might find value in that. We might find our self-worth in that. I know I talked about that a lot in like the get to know us episodes and I personally do a lot of that. Um, But to what end? And for a long time, I wasn't doing that where I was taking care of myself at all. And then I became burnt out and what I was able to give to others was a fraction of what I know I could. And that's what got me to take care of myself was that I wasn't able to take care of others as well as I wanted. Um, but it got me to the same result of focusing more on my needs. And so that whole thought of like, it's no one else's responsibility to ensure that you are fulfilled in all the areas of your life, but your own, like no one else has to live your life, but you. So we need to play that active practice, that active role in what that means for us. And it's unavoidable. Like there's no cheat code to self-care because whether or not you're taking an active role in taking care of yourself, it's going to show up somewhere where you do hit that point of burnout and your body's requiring you to slow down. And it's going to feel really inconvenient if you're, you've been pushing it off and letting it build up, build up, build <laughs> up. Well, it's still going to show up some way or another. So you can't really avoid the self-care, I don't think. Yeah, I I kept coming back to like, A, what the heck is it? B, even if we can define it, that sounds all well and good, but how? How do you do that? How do I make time for this? How do I even know what self-care is for me? Because we said that's different for everyone, right? And so I think it's a two-step process that requires the big bold word I put was intentionality. And under intentionality, the two words were it requires an awareness of our own needs. And I'll get into that. And after the awareness, we have to act on that. Right? So the two things are like first awareness and then action. That's it. And how we get to those pieces, right? That's where it gets muddy and clouded by this commercialized idea of self-care. 
But this commercialized idea of self-care of like take a bubble bath, go get a massage, drink a glass of wine, that's not one size fits all. It's sold as everyone can take a bath. Here's a bath bomb and a membership to a gym and a massage place. privilege. Yes. And you're all going to feel good. And that's not what makes everyone feel good. And that's not what everyone has access to. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, to me, self-care is like commercialized that it would benefit everyone. But self-care innately is for yourself, like each of us as individuals, and your needs are not the same as my needs. And if we're aware that our needs are different, then how we act on those needs also needs to be different. I'm glad you backed up there because we shared our own definitions, but I do think it's important to say what society as a whole's definition is. And it's exactly what you said. It's like, consumerism and this idea of like going to the spa or yoga studios and manicures and all of these things that are important I suppose and they can be a part of somebody's self-care but it's certainly not the whole picture and in preparation for today I was listening to self-care podcasts so I went back and listened to a Glennon Doyle one and she had such a great analogy where she She's just pissed off and says, like, the way that we're sold self-care is similar to, like, shining our car and taking it through the car wash and making sure it appears really well, but you never take it into the actual shop and see what's going on under the hood. And I couldn't agree with that more. Like, we talk about getting our hair done or getting our nails done, but, but what's inside? And I don't think that society talks about that piece enough if at all yeah I I was talking to someone else about this too and when we talk about like some of those potentially commercialized things um in theory right like me going to get my hair done yes it's meeting a need and it might be the need to be by myself uninterrupted for two to three hours, right? While my hair is getting done away from the rest of reality. Um, It might be meeting a need of like some of my value and self-worth is in like feeling good about myself and taking care of myself. And that's one way to do that. Um, So I think maybe the idea of taking a bath or having a glass of wine is meeting the deeper need of slowing down or taking a break. Right? So, like, all of these things very much could be an avenue to that deeper need, right? Or what the real purpose of your self-care is, which is a break, taking a minute, um, being alone for a little bit. Like, all of those things. And so, yeah, commercialized self-care is not necessarily negative like I think a lot of us do it and enjoy it and it does feel good to take care of ourselves in extra ways sometimes like that's all great however I don't know many people that could go get a massage every day and get their nails done and get their hair done and drink every night like not we can't do that all the time right so we need to have other ways that are sustainable and meet those deeper needs in other ways um Yeah, so I think there's a place for them for sure. But the idea that's the only way to access self-care is false. I think that education 
piece is so important because if you say self-care, everybody conjures up this picture of getting your nails done and the hair and all of those things that we're, we're talking about because that's what society sells to us. But there does need to be this education piece on accessibility and privilege and just the general awareness that self-care looks different for everybody. It's most certainly not a one-size-fits-all. And in saying that, it's not simple. Like you said earlier on, I want to dig into what self-care looks like for each of us. And I'm almost like, I don't know, again, because I'm not, I'm not great at it. It's not easy to know what self-care looks like for you. But I think people having a starting place of knowing that it's even available to them is great because a ton of people, I imagine, think, well, that's not for me. I don't have access to that. Yeah, I think the first step then, okay, so we're saying we need an awareness and then we need to take action. And so I think before skipping to taking action and what that manifests for each of us or ideas on how other people can utilize that would be that awareness piece and how do we gain awareness of what our needs are. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have any thoughts on that awareness piece or do you feel like that's kind of where you're living right now? I did have a thought as you were talking. This isn't something I wrote down. Oh, Bumper's coming to join me. <laughs> Hi, doggy. Um, as far as having the awareness, I think that emotions, specifically ones that we consider more negative, is probably a huge cue that we have some self-care needs that are needing to be met, such as anger or resentment a lot of these things that feel very familiar to me probably because I'm not (laughs) doing the best with my own self-care okay elaborate on that a little more give an example okay poor Cam I feel like I get I feel resentment around like chores around the house or him having the time to sit and watch a movie or something while I'm thinking that a million and ten things need to be done. But really that's just the difference in our approach at self-care. He's much better at it than I am. And so maybe when I'm feeling the resentment of him getting to sit on the couch and me telling myself I can't, maybe that's a cue that, hey, I can choose to do that, but what do I need to rearrange in my life? Oh, I like that. I think those cues of being able to identify, right? So like your first feeling, like resentment's a little bit deeper. So your first feeling might be anger and like I'm pissed off. Mm -hmm. Like he is freaking sitting there and we have all these things to do and my job requires so much more of me and yet I'm the one who's doing the dishes, right? Like I'm not saying this (laughs) This with any experience. This sounds too familiar. Yeah. Nope. 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 Anyway. Um, so you being able to move from anger to identifying that it's more resentment, acknowledging, labeling, right? Even, yeah. Acknowledging to ourselves that we're even having an emotion is hard sometimes. Being able to translate that anger to actually a deeper, more telling emotion of resentment. I resent him, but that's a cue. I resent him. 
Not because he's necessarily not doing things, because logically, if I go through my head, he did the last three loads of laundry, he took the dog on a walk, and he took out the trash all before I even got home. So logically, I know that I'm not mad because he's not doing things around the house, right? So if I can get to that step, okay, so then what is it? Like, what is this feeling? And it's the fact that he's able to sit down and I'm not. Well, who's keeping you? No one is holding you with a gun to your head to your computer all night. Like no one is doing that. And so I love how you said like it might start as an uncomfortable feeling, um, but using that as a flag for you. And I think the opposite can be said when we're in a good place. Maybe when we are having a moment when we're taking care of ourselves and we feel like light and open and we talked about like the expanding and contracting. Like so if your body feels more open and you feel less tense, you're like, oh, that feeling is also a cue. Like, this is a good thing for me. So I think starting with those emotions and that acknowledgement is a really good stepping stone for sure. That has been so key in my own life and definitely a skill I've had to learn and continue to build on is just overall awareness of checking in with when I'm having an emotion and how it feels in my body. And so I love your two steps of acknowledgement and action I actually wrote this down myself, but mine were acknowledgement and response. Um, I think I'm somewhat there on acknowledgement. The actual response or action on it is why I'm in therapy because I haven't bridged that <laughs> gap quite yet. That's probably a lot of people. I mean, if you're in therapy, you're kind of starting to acknowledge, well, there's some feelings here, right? That's very true. And now what the heck do I do with it? That's mm-hmm. kind of where therapy comes in, which I think... I mean, we can get into that is a giant form of self-care is going to therapy and wanting to tune into yourself more. Um, The other piece I had written down about that awareness or that acknowledgement piece is, and now this requires a tiny bit of action, an action to inaction is like slowing down and then quieting yourself, like to identify your actual needs. So if you keep yourself so busy and you aren't able Or don't feel like you have the space to slow down or be quiet at all. I think it's really easy to run away from ourselves and our own thoughts and our own needs. Right? If I stay so busy that at the end of the day I just collapse and pass out. And don't allow any space in my day to actually be with myself. um, It's really easy to deny our needs and our feelings and our nagging thoughts for a long time. Been there. Sometimes still there. Um... You're smiling, so maybe you agree too. (laughs) Um, But if we take the time to do that, we might be able to say like, oh my gosh, like my needs are, in my head I've been running around so busy that I've eaten like crap because I'm just getting like things that are fast. And, but then that's adding to me feeling tired because I'm eating crappy food all the time. And if I were to slow down, I'm like, okay, if you just meal prep and make a couple things that like will fuel your body better, like that's going to meet a deeper need and allow you to do something more, be less tired or have more energy, whatever, feel less bloated, like whatever it is, right? And so if I actually slow down a second to be like, is this actually helping me or not? Um, I might be able to get to the root of what some of those actual needs are. Now, how to meet those needs, that's another step. But to be able to identify like, I have felt burnt out and tired every day for the last two months. Okay, great. You acknowledge it. Then 
we can talk about what to do with it. But if you don't slow down to even figure out what your needs are of like someone who is religious, like I have worked every Sunday morning and I haven't gone to church and that is really important to me and I haven't gone. Like I feel that something is missing, right? Or I'm someone who is really fueled by a workout every morning, but I've been too tired or I'm trying to get to the office early. And so I skipped the workout to get there early. Like I have less energy when I don't work out, not more. Like, so I think slowing down for even a second to be like, what is my body telling me? And what are my actual needs as step one? Part of that is acknowledge the emotion and then the slow down and quiet for a second. Yes. And everything that you're saying for me goes back to intentionality because the likelihood of you being able to listen to, oh, I need this in my life right now isn't just going to pop into your head randomly. It's going to require you quieting down and being still with yourself for a minute or the meal prep example that that doesn't just happen. That is an act of self-care, but you have to be intentional with planning it. And that brings up a piece that I wrote down in hopes to talk about. And I didn't mention this earlier, but again, going back to society's definition of self-care, all of those things we mentioned are very fun and glamorous. And it lacks this hugely important piece of self-care that it isn't always desirable and it's not always fun. Such as self-care can be a meal prepping for yourself. And I think 9 out of 10 people don't think that that's fun or desirable. But they know in the long term that's going to be good for them. And so it's just so key to know that no self-care isn't always fun or going to feel good. But it does show up for us in the long term. Yeah, and I think that same need on a different night could be self-care is saying... I'm not going to make a healthy meal and I'm going to order a pizza. And that's what self-care is for that night, right? And so, yeah, like tuning into that, like neither one is fun. What? Well, not neither one is fun. Some are fun. But some pieces of self-care aren't. I think that's super important. So we we identified a need, right? I need to slow down. I need to work less. I need to not be as tired. Um, I need to not feel bloated. I need to reconnect with a friend. I need to meet whatever. A, I don't know. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. We identify what the need is, right? Great. We got there. We're aware. We have needs. We all do. Now what? How do we take action, or determine what that action looks like. I have thoughts, but I'm curious to hear yours. This is funny and also very annoying, but <laughs> there, there isn't this formula to it. I think that there's a basic formula of, yes, the acknowledgement and then the action – And something that I wrote in my notes is a more advanced skill would be like decipherment. And again, this is where... Is that a word? Decipherment? I don't know. Is it? Don't call me out. Like being able to decipher. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. I think that is almost a more advanced skill to all of this. Because in my mind, if we're going back to the very basics, 
and as you all know, like this is hugely important to me, is a fundamental action of self-care is being able to just feed ourselves. Well, that requires that we acknowledge when we're hungry and that acknowledgement isn't enough. We then need to respond and, hey, my body's telling me it's hungry and so I'm going to eat. Yes. Well, sometimes I might just be feeling hungry because I'm bored or some emotional reason and that's where you have to decipher and that's gonna that takes a lot of like skill and so this can be true for any act of self-care where let's go back to the meal prep example eight out of ten times that really is a great thing for yourself even if it doesn't sound fun but as you mentioned there are those nights where my body actually just needs a rest and I can't take the time to Mm -hmm. meal prep for myself this week and that's where you you have to bring in that skill of deciphering when it's right or wrong and that's not easy and it looks different for everybody. So another example instead of being could be I'm feeling tired, right? So am I, we all know there's different kinds of tired. I'm physically tired. I need to take a nap. I need to go to bed early. I need to take a day off to sleep. Like we're physically tired. There's mental or emotionally tired the answer still may be you need a nap (laughs) that's one of my forms of self-care take a break take a minute um but if it's burnout like it's not that a similar feeling or awareness may not always lead to to the same need Mm -hmm. right so my need is I'm tired okay but then I identify that I am mentally or emotionally tired. So am I bored? Like not being challenged in my work. So like it's boring me. Am I burnt out? Like I'm overdoing it and I'm stressed. Like there's all these tired is the underlying thing. But that could manifest in many different ways. And so my physical feeling might be the same. My awareness might start in the same place. But then if I take a minute, I'm like, wait, this may be something else. It may be what I thought it was. It may actually be manifesting in the same way, but for a different reason. Um, Yeah, so deciphering those things comes in two places, both in the awareness, potentially, Mm -hmm. and then in the action. So how I respond after I identify the difference in awareness could also look there. I think that piece, although it's complicated and takes more skill, is almost a relief for people. And, like, I think it alleviates this idea that there's a right or a wrong. Like, it's Uh really dependent on your own judgment and your own time, and you're not always going to get it right. Maybe taking that nap ended up hurting you in the long term, but it's something that you can learn from and then make a better decision next time with that information. I, I like that. I think sometimes, like, I find this at work sometimes, for example. So it's a really hard season right now at work. And so people will be like, I'm feeling so burnt out and I'm so stressed. And right now I'm stressed too, but I'm not necessarily feeling all the time stress or burnt out necessarily. And so my feeling is probably telling me something different than if I just go along with other people are saying that they're feeling because everyone around me is like not everyone but like many people right or like I'm burnt out I'm stressed this is too much like I'm tired all the time and I'm like I'm not 
but it's easy to fall into that and then make myself think or believe that I'm in that same boat when maybe I'm not. And so that deciphering or acknowledging that different seasons and different things, um, yeah, manifest differently for everyone. I think that's important. Right. So let's say I'm horrible at self-care. And I don't do any of it right now because I don't even know what it is. So I'm likely doing some of it, right? Like I'm beating, we're not going to live if we don't meet basic needs or if we don't do things like that. So let's just stop there that I'm terrible at self-care. Everyone's terrible at self-care. False. You're doing things to take care of yourself, right? So give yourself a little bit of credit or you wouldn't be here. And you definitely wouldn't be listening to a podcast like this if you weren't interested in doing more of that, right? Or deepening your understanding. So Let's pause for a second and everyone give yourself some credit. So that's a good first step Um, is just reinforce ourselves a little and then what can we do next? And so now what? So great. Good for me. I can meet my basic needs, but I'm feeling empty or I'm angry all the time and I don't know why or I'm kind of irritable or I'm kind of just lethargic and I'm going through the motions of life, right? You're really smiling in this one. So how do I... Not familiar um, at all. Okay, okay. So we're going through emotions a little and we're tired and a little bit irritable. So now what, right? So I acknowledge I have a need. I've great. I've reinforced myself. I'm meeting my basic needs. Good for me. Now what? Like what is my next thing? How do I even start with this self-care stuff? Go back and listen to our values episode. I'm having a full circle moment here because I do think... The foundation of all this is being aware of your values so that you can live into them. And that's why our self-care is going to look different for everybody because we don't all have the same values. And again, maybe the reason that I'm feeling this, what did you say? Irritable, anger, (laughs) tired. I am feeling all of those things. And so, hey, this is where I'm having the awareness that Self-care is one of my values and I'm not living into it. And that's why all of these emotions are probably showing up. And so I think that being aware of your values is really key to draw on that awareness. Yes, yes, yes. I didn't even write about values, but I think that's so important because all of it, like I'm kind of, I had brains dumped what some of mine are and they do directly tie to a lot of my values inadvertently, right? Which makes sense. Um, I think... Or I wanted to go with this is like with that intentionality at the very beginning, we're going to have to potentially schedule our self-care, right? So we all want to get to the point where like all the time we're taking care of ourselves and we're very aware and we're acting on that. And wow, we are a guru in this, but that's not where we're all going to start. So if we're starting where... We're busy and it feels like there's no time because I'm taking care of other people. And then by the end of the day, I'm just tired and I want to zone out and binge watch a show. And to me, that's my self-care and that's as good as I can do. Like, that's okay. Sometimes. Um, But we might need to prioritize. So we talked about this in some other episode where like, if we want to take care of ourselves, which is a need, right? We're saying it's like the most foundational need, taking care of all pieces of us. We're going to need to prioritize that. Oh, this is work-life balance. So instead of like, I don't remember how it went, but 
we need, if being home and being present and doing all those things is a priority, like that should go on your work calendar. Yes. Just like your times at work go on your home calendar. Like taking care of yourself needs to be part of that calendar. So if that means that you start with, um, I mean, it could be this simple. You're on your way to pick up your kids. When you get in your car after work, you sit in the car for five minutes before you actually leave the parking lot and you listen to your favorite song or you listen to a podcast or you sit in quiet for a couple minutes before you get the kids or you grocery shop by yourself with headphones in so you're able to kind of have some time alone. You're not feeling like it's taking away from, like you're still having an action and getting things off your list, but while doing it, you're not saying, oh, I'll just bring the three kids with me after work. No, you bring them home, you drop them off, and then you go. Or whatever, whatever it looks like, right? So it's the idea that if if it's going to be a priority, which is where we want it to become, we're going to have to schedule it. And it's not reasonable to think that everyone's going to start and be able to put two hours of their day on their calendar for them, right? So we're going to need to start with a few minutes and then potentially, hopefully build up from there, but also acknowledge that in playing with how much time or what exactly you're doing, you're going to play with that and you're going to be able to identify what, quote, self-care activity, activities and how long meets your needs, right? So like it takes much less time for me to recharge on my own than it takes my husband. Like I get charged by being with other people, right? And so I don't need that much time by myself. For someone who maybe is an introvert, that's the opposite. Like they need a good hour a day with no one, Mm -hmm. right? So as you play with it, you're gonna be able to identify like when I did this, this, and this, or when I spent 40 minutes, like that's my magic time. Like if I get a good 40 minutes throughout the day where I'm able to just have time with myself, I feel like I'm in a better place or I'm a better person, (laughs) right? Like, so it's going to take some trial and error. Exactly. Depending on what's going on in life, you may need more time, less time, different activities. Um, But just the idea of like scheduling it and making it a priority. Non-negotiable. And then not, yeah, and not taking on too much. Like the five minutes in the car in the quiet, like, that is a place everyone could start. Everyone can find five minutes. I love that idea of not biting off more than you can chew because I think that's key in a lot of things in life when we want to make improvements is we try to do it all and that's why it becomes unmanageable and we give up on it. So I think if we're all starting from a place such as just the five minutes in the car to do something of my liking – is going to be something that I can make the time for and actually do. And when I do that for a week or so, then I can build on it. It just becomes a yeah, lot more Yeah, build some momentum. Yeah. And I think it's going to like self, it's going to reinforce itself, right? So like as you feel some of the pep in your step from taking those couple minutes, like that's all going to kind of build on each other. Um I think another easy way of doing this, and this is something I will talk about a lot because it's become so important to me, but the idea of establishing 
self-care like habits and routines. So for me, that comes into play because I don't have to actively think about what's good for me. Because once I know what's good for me, right, if I make it a habit and part of my just daily normal routine, I don't have to make an active thought that takes exhaust my mental energy, right? I don't have to think about it each time. And I don't have to decide if I'm worthy of taking that each time. I've already made that right? decision. I've already made the decision. It's not even a decision. It's just part of my day. It's part of my schedule. And so like my example is, um, and not everyone has to do this, but I found that like my days go much better when I do this, is I wake up early, like five o'clock, and I meet a couple needs at once. So I'm meeting a social need because I get on a Zoom with one of my best friends and um, we just are on a Zoom together. We don't even really talk. We're just both on it. And we both do a workout at home while we're both there. So there's accountability for me to actually wake up because I've built in someone's with me to hold me accountable. But more than that, it's kind of meeting a social need. Like, hey, I'm in this community without having to go anywhere. I know that when I move my body, I feel better and have more energy throughout the day. After I do my workout, usually it's like 30 to 45 minutes, I take my dog on a walk. So I get outside and I get some fresh air. And then some days when I have time, like I come back and I'll do like a three minute brain dump, which I talked about loving so much, like a three minute like brain dump journal-y thing for just a couple minutes and then wake up the kids and shower and like get ready with the day. But by prioritizing myself is the first thing I do is spend time with myself um, and meeting some of my social need, my physical need, my whatever, all those things. Um, those days... Even if I wake up tired, those days always go better. I am such an advocate for starting your day off, focusing on you. I hope Cam listens to this one because I always tell him that. Like, your day is so much better if you do at least one thing in the morning that is just for you before you're heading off to work and taking care of everybody else. Um, And I imagine waking up at... I also wake up at 5 a.m. And we're not saying this to tell all of you guys it's what you need to do or it's <laughs> not like at your moral no, no, no. obligation. Um, but anyhow, for myself, and I imagine you too, waking up at 5 a.m. isn't always fun. And so, again, it's coming back to that piece that that is our self-care and it's not always the most desirable. But exactly. we know it benefits us in the long term. But I'm never mad after I do it. I'm grumpy getting up some days, but like I'm never mad after I finish it. And there are days when like I choose to sleep in and giving yourself grace and that's, I'm a big advocate for that too. I was just about to say, that's important to know that I don't do this every single day. There are no, days where no, I no. listen to myself. But sometimes when I choose to sleep in or talk myself into sleeping in almost, like I feel worse about myself, not because I feel like I have to work out every day. That's not even the point at all. Like mm-hmm. that, I'm big advocate, take rest days, do all that. It's because I didn't take time for me. So then as soon as I wake up, the kids are up and the dog's barking. And like, I didn't have time to get myself in a good mindset before the day just got away from me. That's why it's hard on those days. And so we can go back to the piece that we're not always going to get it right. Because sometimes we do make that decision to sleep in, to take care of ourselves. But it turns out that wasn't taking care of myself at all. And so we learn from it. Yeah. So I think my, I do think I'm a big proponent of like 
habits and routines because it, I don't think about it every day. Like, I just know she's going to be on Zoom. Like, I'm going to go on a walk. My dog knows. Like, if I start stretching at the end of a workout, she goes and stands by her leash. Like, she knows the routine, right? So I think that takes away some of the pressure, maybe, of, like, deciding what do I need every day because I already, through some of that trial and error, figured out this works for me. And it's okay if you're not there yet. That's why we start with the five minutes in the car and build on it. I think I heard something else really interesting. It was my cousin told me this. So she's a counselor. So she's full of great nuggets. But one of them was that she had heard once was. Now this I had to like think about it. But self-care is the opposite of self-pity. Okay, so an example, an example of that is like sometimes we say like my self-care is the idea of like binge watching TV for three hours after work, right? No one's saying you can't do that. And sometimes that is what we need. Just like literally zone out and shut down to the world, right? And that's okay. But if you're doing that every single night, you're kind of leaning into or... um overusing that idea of giving yourself grace, right? And now you're just falling into like overcorrecting. Self-pity. Like I I don't need to take care of myself. Taking care of myself is just laying around like is it? You don't actually feel your best after you lay around every single night, right? So like that whole concept of like there is certainly a time and a place and moments where like we need to give ourselves grace, right? Like we can't expect this high level where, you know, you're not allowed to have a different need during some days. Anytime you're having that black and white thinking, red flag that something is going right. wrong. Right. So I think there's like this idea of grace. There's also idea of like accountability. But sometimes we need to be careful because that self-care or we're calling it self-care is actually more like self-pity. I don't know. It was just kind of a food for thought where I was like, ooh, that kind of shoots you in the heart. Like, whoa, that is, right? Like if you think about it like that, it puts some responsibility on yourself, which I think it obviously should, right? Like we do have a responsibility to ourselves, which is what we talked about at the beginning. Absolutely. This is, I have two things that I wrote down that I think are worth mentioning. One, because the two of us are us and I think productivity and (laughs) it's our whole intro. We're type A. We want to get things done. Um, Whether this is to a fault or not, self-care can lead to more success or more productivity, but I don't think that we should fall into the trap of doing self-care only for that reason that it's going to make us more productive or more successful. But at the same exact time, it does help with that. Um, So just an important note. And then the other thing... Or if that's what you need to know to get started, like I don't care why you start with self-care. And if that's the reason, it's very true. And if that's what gets you going, like, lean into it. (laughs) Yep, yep. And then you can decipher and build on that later on. 
Yes, yes. The other thing that I wrote down, um, I actually only listened to the beginning of this podcast and it was so good, so I need to finish it, but it was in preparation for today, all about self-care. Um, but the guest on the show, and I'll have Maggie leave this in the show notes, was saying, she wrote this whole paper, it's this MD, and I have no idea how to pronounce her name, so I'm not going to butcher it. But she wrote this whole article or this whole book and she said, we don't need self-care, we need boundaries. And I've said in the past, I think boundaries should be an episode of ours, even though you said, Maggie, I'm not great at them. I think it's important um, that I think boundaries has so much to do with self-care. And as we mentioned in a past episode, what am I saying no to so that I can say yes to myself? And a lot of times that yes to yourself is your self-care. So getting back to the importance of boundaries and learning how to set them, where to set them, all the things. Maybe we need a guest on that episode because also something that is hard. Um, ugh, yes, we, we'll find a guest for that one for sure. We need, some, we need some enlightenment. Um I think just to close out, it would be really interesting. And you've already said, like, I'm not good at it. But do you have examples of what some of your, whether or not you do them all the time, right? Um, that some of your self-care that you've identified that works for you. Yes. I can confidently say I do have some practices. Mine actually looks a lot like yours that I wake up at 5 a.m., and that first thing I'm doing is working out. And I'm not saying that everybody has to do that. Maybe self-care doesn't look like working out. But for me, it helps so much that that's the first focus in my day is doing something for myself. And something that I am working on very actively just within the past two months is setting the boundary of preferably eight. Right now it's looking more like nine o'clock. That is my time. So I'm trying really hard to, if I go over to my dad's for dinner, I'm making sure I'm home by nine, even if they want me to stick around. Or you have asked me before, do you want to record at this time? And I know that that's pushing into my nine o'clock cutoff. So that's one of my boundaries and self-care things I'm working on right now. Okay. I would love to hear your own. (laughs) Those are good starts. Um, I started with, I did write down basic needs. So like meeting my basic needs and most days I'm, um, since I wake up at five, most days I'm going to bed at nine 30. So I'm getting almost eight hours of sleep. So that's really important for me. Um, and then trying, but not always succeeding in like food choices and not just um, eating super healthy because that's not all the time by any means. But I'm saying that also in like when I want a bowl of ice cream, I have a bowl of ice cream. And so not getting locked into what I can or can't have, right? So just like listening to myself and meeting whatever that need is as far as food. Um, my other thing was the need for movement and routine. So we already talked about in the morning that it looks like a workout, but some days that's taking a rest day and then just stretching really good or going on a walk with the dog or playing at the park with the kids. So some kind of movement usually is in there. Um, we've talked about, and this ties to values, is meeting my own social needs. And so 
And for me, that often requires depth. So um, a phone call with a friend or going out to dinner with someone or um, sending a card or whatever, doing something to meet a social need. Um, That could be planning a time where a friend's coming to visit me or I'm going to visit them. So meeting some social needs. Um, I really love to learn. So when I was like four, my grandma, this is a side note, asked me and my cousin, we're six months apart, um, what do you like to do to relax or something? So we were like four-ish. She's and my cousin said, yeah, my cousin said, take a bubble bath. And I swear to you to this day, she takes a bath almost every night. Like that is still her thing. And when I was four, my idea... (laughs) my idea of relaxing was learning something new. (laughs) And um, I would still say that's part of my self-care is like indulging different interests I have and like learning about that. Um, Reading, watching a documentary, podcasting, um, podcasts, all the things. Um, And then the last thing I just put a couple of smaller ones is like self-care for me is like tuning out and being able to read a book. Um, and getting into like the characters and a different world, right? Take some time away. Um, it's watching a show and doodling or taking the bath or some of those things as well that are a little more typical, but those are some of the things that I do fairly, I mean, fairly regularly. Okay. Listening to yours makes me feel a little bit better about myself because I'm like, oh yeah, I do prioritize getting enough sleep and I do prioritize my eating with all the intuitive eating things, which just a side note, I'd love to have an episode on it. I also love to read and things like yeah, that. So maybe see? I'm at a better place than I thought. But again, yeah, my list looks a little different from yours and anybody listening will also have a varying list. So not trying to copy and paste things, but kind of digging into what things look like for you, being intentional, all the things. Yeah. Another one of just do these simple things. We're really good at that. Um, we we give you really simple steps, and then we infamously are saying at the end of every one, it's not actually as easy, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. But that's why we're um, here to talk about things too. Like we love hearing the feedback and kind of building on the conversation, so that it's not just between Maggie and myself. Yeah. So just be intentional, draw your awareness to some of these things, decipher what that awareness is telling you, and then take some action, even if it's just for a few minutes. Ta-da, you've done it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, thanks, y'all. Talk to you soon. We'll see you at the next one.